Welcome to episode 46 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me and X-Men. Oh, is that? That's a script error. Ah. This is episode 47. <laughs> I fucked up. Welcome to episode 47 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me and X-Men the Animated Series Weekly Recap Podcast. I'm Rod, and we've been trying to record this episode for literal weeks. <laughs> and I'm JC. Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast series. We're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series in their original intended script order, which is building up to the release of X-Men 97 coming to Disney Plus in 2023. And by the time that this episode airs, I will have seen Eric and Julia Leewald at LA Comic Con again. Oh, nice. And hopefully Larry Houston. Very cool. Hopefully, I don't know, we've been trying to talk with them about stuff. I think anybody who is listening should give a nice and courteous comment don't be rude yeah but drop a message to them on their instagram feed and say hey you guys should appear on the finale episode of cyclops is waiting yeah. for me I but be the- respectful do not be internet assholes let's be real human beings to people and to their credit they're definitely interested we have just not scheduled yet so we we keep extending our time frame for yeah. various reasons yeah extra episodes doing two-parters as separate episodes, recording... The Nightcrawler week, Saga. The Nightcrawler Saga. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I almost went straight to the episode. So quick <laughs> reminders, we're a recap show about a series that started now over 30 years ago. There will be spoilers if you don't... I stopped doing the math. I was yeah. like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, over 30 years is enough. It's depressing enough. If you don't want to spoil it for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, and come back. We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. And we're currently not sponsored or affiliated with, by Disney or with Disney. It doesn't matter. Disney Plus. Are you having a stroke on the episode? <laughs> Maybe. Your computer is. I can't deal with the both of you. <laughs> Lucy's going to have to come pick me up. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And fuck that trash fire known as Twitter. Of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast service. Finally, we record these episodes in batches, which is why we're already fucking loopy. And if we're reacting to any news, we don't have any news. Oh, I got the Mystique figure this week. Oh, nice. I was going to ask you how it looked, but you keep it. In box, it stays so, in the so. box. <laughs> I have a very expensive full box. That's great, though. Yep. Someday. <laughs> when I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> or the box just falls apart. I mean, yeah, it is eco-friendly packaging, so it might literally just disintegrate. That's depressing, Rod. <laughs> Anyway, now on to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 4, Episode 10, titled One Man's Worth, Part 2. It aired on September 16th, 1995, and currently sits at an 8.2 star rating on IMDb. This one picks up right where we left off, ironically enough. I love, I just have to point out, every time we do a multi-part episode, especially you having all the Bishop episodes, Mm -hmm. you always start with that exact same phrase, and now I'm going to make you feel self-conscious about it. I think my brain's just wired that way. I yes, I would. A, anybody that follows me on TikTok knows uh, I have a I have patterns that I like for whatever reason. But ironically, it picks up where we left off in two ways: where we left off the end of the last episode, and also the same way the beginning of the last episode was. That's not where we left off. That's where we started sure. off. Then Rob. I guess true. It was like the moment after, but essentially the same. Thing. I'm the semantics guy. Okay. He's just going to ruin you as you're just the, as a person. You're the kid that reminded the professor that he didn't assign homework. No, that kid <laughs> should be stuffed into a locker. <laughs> I'm the well, actually, I'm going to make you feel like shit, professor, okay. you're wrong. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I saw a TikTok the other day of a professor, I guess, who doesn't let his students have laptops during class. Okay. And so a student showed up with a typewriter and was loudly typing notes the entire class. I respect that kid so much. <laughs> that is awesome. The best part was they kept going. And then when he got to the end of the line, and for any kids who don't know, you have to reset the typewriter at the end of the line. So it makes this long sound. And some of them ding. And then the ding. Yeah. So each sentence that extended to the end of a line was a full reset. 
It was hilarious. That kid is awesome. <laughs> okay, so you're that kid. Anyway, I respect that <laughs> <Yeah>. kid. <laughs> so that explosion actually happened. So I guess well, we didn't see that at the beginning of last. Actually, we didn't see it the beginning or in the end of the episode. So we pick up from both sides. And the explosion happens at the school at Bard College. And they say he never had a chance. Yeah. Because it was like, I think they were going into the past without knowing exactly how it happened. Mm -hmm. And they probably assumed it was like the assassination, like with Gambit and Senator Kelly, where it was like, stop a person and Mm -hmm. you would do it. But Fitzroy was already out. It didn't matter at that point. Yeah. And Bishop has stepped up a little bit. He remembers things this time. He does. <laughs> Last time he was a complete amnesia. Forge got better with the technology. Let's give credit to Forge. And that's probably also why Forge was like, we're going to send a couple of you. <laughs> Just in case somebody gets time amnesia. You'll, you'll be able to piece this together. Their wristbands got better. There you go, yeah. yeah. Then they all get blown away, and Bishop just gives up on the mischief. He mischief. blames Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. He just went into... Maybe I'm having a stroke. I went into like Dr. Seuss, but I was like, Bishop had a mischief. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, he, bl- he blames Wolverine. Do you want a drink? Probably make things worse. I don't know. Or better. (laughs) Um, He blames Logan. Then right on time, the bar slash diner owner shows up with the cops. And Storm creates a tornado to blow the cops away, which my note here says, which seems worse than just shooting them. Because it doesn't like lightly drop them to the ground. They go into the top of the tornado and then the tornado dissipates and they fall to the concrete ground. Bishop has a laser gun rod. That sounds faster. I don't think, yeah, Storm isn't trying to murder them. Bishop was going to go for kill shots. He was very pissed. Yeah. And Shard says that they got to go back. Logan doesn't want to go back. Back to the future. Yeah. (laughs) Through the alternate future. They don't know it's going to be an alternate Alternate future yet. Yeah. We're losing track of which, because we're running multiple timelines now. Shard is saying they need to go back to their Their future. future. Their future. Yeah. They need to go back to their future. Yep. Because they have to use the time machine again. I'm keeping this straight now. Yeah. Forge has to... Forge is probably... Give him another reset point. Yeah. yeah. And Wolverine just wants to go back to his present, which is our alternate present. Yes. yes. And the presumption is live his life out with Storm, whatever that Yeah. Means. It's like we, we came back, we tried, we failed. We can't keep doing this, which I don't know why he thinks they can't keep doing this, but... Yeah. I guess it's we didn't prevent what we were supposed to. Maybe it's one of those it happens because of destiny and you can't change destiny scenarios in Logan's mind. How old is our Logan and Storm at so, this point? So if, if this is Log- they're about our age, right? No, Logan is he's old. Like, Logan like, is ninety five. Oh, he's ninety. Oh, Logan's ninety five. Yeah, we how, got. How old is Storm in though? Storm would be like in her forties. No, younger. Would she be younger? Yeah, because so this is still oh, that's still the nineties. Yes, it has to line up with the Shadow King timeline. Yeah, where right. she is. where she saw Charles when we estimate that she was roughly nine years old in that Uh Shadow King flashback and then it's 20 years ish from when that happens to him creating the modern version of the X-Men so I was just yeah so it's roughly 30 because part of me is I kind of get Logan it's like at some point you're like I'm too old to keep trying. <laughs> yeah, he's it's like, I'm over this shit. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I've lived these lifetimes. And especially this version of, of Wolverine is not, we've talked about it in the past, he does not recover the same way mm-hmm. that the one in the comics does. Like, the one in the comics could literally have, like, parts of his side shot out with a shotgun, yeah. and it recovers within minutes to hours. This version, he got clawed by Sabretooth once, and he was laid up in a bed for a day. Yeah. And it, once again, Storm talks him into it because... She's empathetic and she's the only one that can really sway him. So Yeah, and she knows that he won't let them down. As much as he wants to be selfish, she knows that he won't do that. Yeah. And so they teleport back to 
now we know an alternate future. Yep. We know um, that it is alternate 2055. Because they arrive, things are a little bit different, but then Forge shows up, and I have here, he looks like some sort of, like, goon or sentry. Like, he doesn't look, he looks like one of the, the disposable henchmen now. He has, you know what the color scheme matches up with? Do you remember on the Genosha episode where they're building the dam? You had the military people. Forge's okay. color scheme actually matches the Genosian military outfits. Okay, that tracks. Yeah. yeah. So we don't find out a whole lot about what happens in an alternate future, but we get like little clues. Forge doesn't know who anybody is. He's the opposite. He's where we've seen Forge as a leader and very like he's still intelligent, but, but he's very subservient. Yeah, he's subservient, it's- not as confident. And he's confused about who all these people are. Yeah, and Bishop and Shard try reasoning with him, asking where the resistance is. And Forge is just like straight up, I don't know what the resistance is. What are you talking about? There is no resistance. And and they say nobody will fight the master. Yeah, and Shard is, she's trying to explain everything and explain that they use the time machine and everything. And Forge is like, this thing has never been fired up before. Time travel is not permitted, (laughs) which it's definitely like a great Saturday morning story device Mm -hmm. of the, like, it's not permitted. But if it's not permitted, why are you building it? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, is Master Mold like, just having you build it for him so he could then go back and continuously fuck with the future kind of thing but that or fuck with the past did you ever see the movie i think it was in the early 2000s called prime Mm. it was an independent film was it prime or primer oh primer yes i know it i have not seen it it's a cool movie it was a movie director joe russo yeah it's a movie oh really no i'm just joe russo will yell at me for not having watched it it was like directed written and even scored by a mathematician okay and it's about time travel but it's like a realistic time travel yeah so this is it's a good thing to put in that they haven't fired up the time machine before because in primer every time you time travel you just keep making copies of yourself essentially there's a bunch of other stuff that happens in it too but like a realistic sense of like how much chaos it would be yeah. actually rick and morty touches on it how it would just keep being like what is like more snakes with guns would keep showing up you know yeah you just keep creating new realities as opposed yeah. to affecting the reality that you're in because like they yeah so here if they had fired up the time machine in the alternate future then there would be like bishop and shard that came from the future they were from trying to change things and then another bishop and shard maybe or some other people be it, coming back in time messing with things repeat schrodinger's cat essentially yeah yeah so. and it's just every single thing starts happening every time you make that decision yeah yeah he warns forge warns that they whoever they are will know that they're here and they're watching and then all of a sudden green sentinel show up and they, he references they're called enforcers, enforcers. Yep. yeah and storm tries to zap them does nothing so that's scary that but they are able to take one out and when that happens the second one almost kills forge yeah. and forge is like but i've been loyal it's again to your point forge's personality in this alternate timeline is not the forge that we know he's not the leader of x factor he's not the future leader of the resistance mm-hmm. he's like the, like doing what he has to to survive which is yeah. a very different forge yeah yeah which yeah, gives you a little insight to like what kind of world they live in yep and then we uh, get some cool fights out of it too like bishop literally just sh- like shoots one in half yeah but i was like bishop mortal combat's one and a half <laughs> rod has the best notes wolverine shreds one through the leg yeah, and then they, they book it to the time machine. He starts like raging. Yeah, and Storm gives him a kiss, and that's what calms him down. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, it's a tracks. But at that point, Forge starts to have a little bit of a change of heart. And they they book it to the time machine, but that whole fight damages in some way. Sentinels just flying yeah. all over the place and such. And then this is a little bit of a movie trope that you just kind of have to suspend disbelief for. It's some sort of damage that can be repaired within like a few minutes. Yes. Because Forge goes to work on it as if he's going to be able to fix it 
in that moment and yeah. it's just random wires <laughs> yeah yeah they dented it and they couldn't hit the on buttons for some reason yeah i kind of wish it was that they're like oh but they broke the red button yeah and it's cool let me go to the red button store yeah and so Ford just trying it's right to- next to the jerk store jeez <laughs> So we're just trying to fix it while everybody else is fighting. Then we cut over to Fitzroy and Nimrod. Who are at Master Mold. Master Mold, yeah. But an alternate Master Mold. So they're showing him footage. And he doesn't believe it. Yeah. Which we talked about in the previous episode. Because Master Mold is, make sure you record everything that happens. Because if you actually change the past and all this other stuff happens and I take over, then I'm not going to remember it. Yeah. Which... Sounds like a flawed plan. It's not only is it a flawed <laughs> plan, but it, it's a pretty big gamble on Master Mold's part because Master Mold is still dependent on Trask creating him in the first place. It's true, yeah. And without Xavier, does Trask create the Sentinel program? And obviously in this timeline, that is the case. Like we talked about in the last episode, this is this story is based on Age of Apocalypse slightly. So instead of getting Master Mold as this supreme being in the alternate present slash future alternate scenario, Apocalypse was the one who popped up and became Magneto's nemesis. But yeah, there were lots of butterfly effects that worked out in the favor of Master Mold for this to still happen. So I guess it, this is like in the theory of time travel where it's like the pebble in the creek as opposed to like butterfly necessarily where he's like, he's kind of counting on the big things to still happen. Yeah, he's counting on the big things to still happen. Yeah, but there'd be like little minor detours along the way. Right, like Forge becoming- Right, subservient. <laughs> yeah, not just subservient, but also he's also like bio-organic as yeah. opposed to- the forge that we know who is more like cyborg organic mm-hmm. style and master mold asks fitzroy what about the other four time travelers because they existed outside of time just like you so they're just kind of out there like doing fuck whatever yeah um, why didn't you take care of them he's yeah. like that wasn't my job yeah which i guess as a hired I, gun i agree with yeah. him to be fair he's there with nimrod who's like the super sentinel of sentinels yeah. oh yeah he should have done something if anybody he lost yeah <laughs> this dude went back succeeded Nimrod messed up. <laughs> and so Fitzroy's like, you know, what harm could they do? Which is the famous last words, right? Yeah. And so he, Master Mold tells Fitzroy, well, you need to, to kill them so that they don't undo, or he, I guess this is a kid show, not kill. You need to destroy them. And the time machine. And the time machine so you they don't undo everything you've done. And then he asks Nimrod to stay behind, which should be sus. I still, th- <laughs> I, this is the funny trope that you have to stick to because if you don't do it, then it's not, shown enough to to a younger audience but it's like these robots should have a way of communicating with each other oh yeah because when we had the morph episode a couple episodes ago there's a conversation where it's like the robots start getting personality and talking back to master mold Mm -hmm. when it's no he's literally like the king of this hive mind of these sentinels he should just be able to like nod and you know what's happening yeah so anyway is uh, what it is fitzroy and bantam I got it right that time. Yep. Uh, you still said it weird, but you yeah. got it right. Yeah, that's that more of the semi-stroke I'm having. They leave, but they're still within earshot. Yeah, because um, Master Mold forgets that his voice booms throughout this like big hall. So now we know. It's trope on top of trope. Yeah, so, so now we know that the Sentinel rule doesn't work in reverse. You, people don't look up to see not see sentinels or people don't look up so they don't see sentinels but sentinels, sentinels don't, don't look know. down yeah, to so, see people so they don't know that people can still hear them like <laughs> when they're speaking out loud yeah. it's kind of a funny anti-trope so master mold tells nimrod that he needs to destroy fitzroy and bantam before after they complete their mission and stuff just to seal up the timeline stuff and then we get our favorite trope of the entire show <laughs> which is people yelling at somebody who doesn't deserve it <laughs> 
So Forge is still frantically trying to fix this time machine that the others probably broke themselves. In their fight with yeah. the Enforcers, it was working before they got there. Yeah. And yeah, so all of this whole ragtag team is yelling at Forge, who is already kind of like a wuss and is just like, And very confused. Yeah. <laughs> and he's struggling. And the more enforcers arrive attacking. They fight again. The machine does get fixed, but then Nimrod shows up and he shoots at Bishop, ends up charging Bishop. And once again, this is a cool like also Nimrod's not learning anything. But we don't know which version of Nimrod this is. That's the part that isn't clear from the time travel aspect. Is this the Nimrod that traveled back in time with Fitzroy or is this the first time that this Nimrod has fought Bishop? That part is not explicitly clear yeah. for us. I guess it, I, I mostly mean just in the broad abstract of Nimrods existing in the timeline with bishops. Right, right. But, like, I'm, yeah. but I'm just saying, this. so this might the be the first one. time that this specific Nimrod yeah, has yeah. fought a bishop. Yeah. Wow, this universe is confusing. Isn't it? <laughs> Fitzroy shows up, and because he knows he's going to be killed if he completes his mission and that Master Mole is fucking him over, he joins Bishop and the team. Yeah, he throws a, essentially like a shield grenade, which puts a barrier around Nimrod that Nimrod cannot get to the heroes. And he gives Bishop ambiguous disc. So it's whatever the time period you're in is a USB drive, a 3.5-inch floppy, whatever. What, it was, it, what was the other one? It was like a 5.5-inch floppy. Oh, yeah, like the big ones that were yeah. actually floppy. Yeah, like, the ones <laughs> that you could literally like move like a fan. Yeah. You remember having to swap those things out and have five discs for like one game? I remember there was one game I had. It was 10, not the big floppies, but the 3.5 floppies. Yeah. It was 10 different discs. Yeah. Oh, those are the days, man. <sighs> not good ones, but... Kids today would know that as the save button. I know that just... Oh, that throws me so much. Yep. I know it's, it's probably just an urban legend of having, or, or like a, it's whatever, th- to have kids say, oh, they 3D printed a save button, but it's not far from reality, if even if it's not true, and that breaks my heart. <laughs> okay, I know what I'm going to order like, off of Etsy this weekend. It's like kids that don't know why some phones have strings hanging on them. <laughs> I'm more depressed than Bishop finding out that his future is going to go right. <laughs> yeah, so... Gets him in the shield. Fitzroy gives him the thing and says, yeah, this will explain everything. Unfortunately, the shield doesn't really hold Nimrod for that long. They book it to the time machine, which is not working. And Forge is great at his job. Yeah, especially under pressure. And I guess if he built it really quickly, he's not like doing the math for the first time. That's true. He's replacing parts. Yeah. And Storm desperately wants to help Fitzroy. But Wolverine's like, it's too late for him. And I guess the assumption is like, it won't matter. Or I guess I think Fitzroy actually says it. It won't matter if you succeed anyway. Yeah. If if you don't succeed, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do succeed, this won't happen to me. Exactly. Wolverine's ready to square off with Nimrod and Shard actually takes a hit for him and it downs her. Doesn't kill her, but it puts her down and it separates the party where Wolverine, Storm and Bishop have to go. Bishop doesn't want to leave. Obviously, he doesn't want to leave who we at this point only assume is his partner. But Shard basically says to go without her that he has to go and succeed. Yeah. So it it is as obvious a kill shot as can be without showing the kill shot. But that's as dark as you could get for a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. And so then we arrive back at the college. Bard College, everybody's yeah. favorite alma mater. <laughs> and shout out to the Bards Bill Bards. Right. Oh, is that what they're called? <laughs> no, oh, okay. God, no. <laughs> that's not even the right name for the city. Yeah. <laughs> And they're there to give it a goal college try. I hate and you. They, I fucking hate you for making that joke. I didn't even put that together. Oh, man. You're, That's just the thing I say. <laughs> Sorry. You are such a dad without even having <laughs> a kid. Know, right? I don't know. I didn't know that. 
I just college tries this thing I say. Anyway, I forgot they were the college, even though we just referenced it a half a second before. So yeah. They, oh, this is where they reveal that Shard was actually a bishop's sister and that her name was Shard. Yes. So it took until page four of notes of these two episodes <laughs> to get Shard's name mentioned in the show. But it, it was also kind of like Wolverine and Storm were unsure of what their relationship was. Mm-hmm. So they were like dancing around it. Like they didn't know if they were partners. They didn't know if they were partners. Yeah. And then it was like, oh no, that's his sister. And they're like, oh, God. <laughs> we had no idea because you showed zero emotion towards each other. Yeah. And they watch, they start watching the footage on the disc, whatever Fitzroy gave them. And then we cut away back to the diner. And we see the Moose and Rocco fight again. We get a replay of the fight. And did you notice the name of the bar? No. So the bar's name was Rip Van. Okay. I'm not familiar. So. Like Rip Van Winkle? That was what my thought was. Okay. So I did a little bit of digging before we recorded. And Rip Van Winkle, if you don't know, is a classic story about somebody who falls asleep for 20 years and then when they wake up, the world is dramatically different. There is no way that was a random ref or that was random oh, okay. and not a reference to changes happening of things being so different after a yeah. time period. There was definitely some intention with that. That's so funny. Yeah. And, and, and it does sound like a beat Nick Barr's name, right? Something abstract. <laughs> yeah, but it, I definitely think it was like Rip Van Winkle essentially time traveled from his sleep of mm-hmm. waking up in a world that was different than what he remembered. Oh, that's funny because last episode I made a random coma tangent yeah so now i'm going to claim that it tied into this and the diner fight happens again but the new in- team intercepts yes and the, then shows. what i refer to as older bishop wolverine and storm find xavier yeah and they show him the footage of the bomb stuff happening <laughs> and wolverine just gets into xavier's face and xavier just straight up passes out yeah <laughs> which attract he wanted to be a family doctor Right. Yeah, and yeah, then, he's not ready for combat situations yet because this is before he would have gone into the military. Xavier doesn't believe him. And so I originally thought this was a weird continuity repeat thing. But then I realized, OK, so they interrupted before he got to do this. Right. They sit down at the table and watch holograms. So this time, instead of it being shard because she's not alive at this point, Storm says to read all their minds to, to <sighs> see the truth. So. I interpreted it a little bit different. I interpreted it as they had already seen all the stuff at the table because the bar fight had still happened. And oh, that's, that's when true. he ran away. It but, was, but Shard wasn't there to say to read our minds. No, because that would have already happened. Oh, that's right. Because there's multiple groups. The primary right. thing is happening. So essentially, he doesn't believe that he's going to get killed if he doesn't stay with them. And that's why it's, no, you have to read our mind and you have to realize we're here again to stop you from getting killed. Because they hadn't mentioned, like, the success of the assassination uh-huh. in the same way. This was a kid's show. Yes. I'm 40. I and know. I, and it's taking, like, a podcast discussion that's so far 10 minutes longer than the actual episode. Yeah. To realize that Nightcrawler. that's a good point. Yes, Nightcrawler. <laughs> but that's a good point. He's already had to wrap his head around something and it's like, inexplicable. So they have to prove to him that they are already a different group from further into the timeline who has already failed and is coming back to save him a second time because the first group fucked up. Good thing this man is psychic with psychic, but also smart. Yeah. To be able to write because like I I would have just been like him the first time just passed out. Imagine if one man's worth was about like blob (laughs) and blob was the catalyst that changes the future. Be a three minute episode. (laughs) 
What's that brand ice cream he's eating? Tutti Fruity. Okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to make a Tutti Fruity <laughs> reference. I was ready for it. Then they bring him to what I feel is the most dangerous spot, which is the lab that he was yeah. going to get blown up in. That's a whole like Oedipus complex, right? Like you're bringing him back to the beginning. Oedipus is the dude who wants to bang his mom. He didn't want to, but he did. But he still banged so, his so, mom. But the thing with Oedipus is like your actions of trying to avoid what you're doing leads you back to what you're doing. Or you were mom banging. Yes. yes. And also, we don't know what Xavier's thing is. So. His mom was sick and when he when she died when he was a kid. I don't know. He might be looking for her. Moving on, anyway. Rod. Moving on. And so Xavier says that he senses that someone in the group doesn't want the mission to succeed. And then Logan is immediately. I actually, everybody looks at Logan. And yeah. He's like, like, yeah, I admit it. I, that's no secret, right? You yeah. know me. And then Bishop obviously is defensive about it because in his mind, if they don't succeed, he loses his sister. Yeah. And um, everything's future. Right. But Wolverine says, he's, yeah, I don't want it but I would never turn traitor. And I think that speaks to the quality of yeah. person that, that Logan is. It's like, he, yeah, he can admit that he doesn't want this to succeed because he's going to lose the love of his life, mm-hmm. but he's not going to let people get hurt despite his own selfish needs. And that was akin to like a life lesson I learned in my like early 30s that was opposite of what I've been taught my whole life about like bravery and courage and all that stuff. To and use it, time travel? Yes. <laughs> It was in eighth grade. Alternate eighth grade or original yeah, eighth right. grade? I can't keep track of this point. Which timeline? Was it the one where the Cyclops had the one eye or yeah. the one eye or when he was yeah. a doctor? Yeah. You know, you're taught most of your younger when you're a kid and stuff like being brave means you go in fearlessly or whatever. And I think either in my late 20s or early 30s, you kind of learn through life lessons. But also someone probably told me being courageous and brave is actually like being scared shitless and just doing it. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. That's actual bravery. The other ones is either kind of leap of faith or you weren't really afraid. Or it's bravado. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is like this. It's or like, you're too dumb to know you were in danger. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. There's more of me than the I just not aware of danger happening. Rod has walked <laughs> through total like battlefields and just been completely unaware. So not too far off. Oh God. You know how a lot of people have fear of heights. Yes. Whatever the opposite of that is, that's something like there's like a chemical thing in my brain that doesn't register like rational fear of heights. If I'm in like a really high spot. I for a second, I legit thought you were going to say you were like scared of things that are very shallow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be hilarious. No. Like kiddie pools scare <laughs> yeah. the shit out of you. So when I first got out of college, I had an AV job. And one of the things that we did for that job, I was hooking up speakers to like a gigantic rock tower in the middle of a park. The way you set it up is you basically set up like a rock climbing thing. You belay, have your harness and everything. But since it's a tower, you can climb up on the inside. And then like you, but we had to hang the speakers on the outside. My boss, I will never get, Ron, if you're listening, I still apologize to this day. The terror on that man's face when I just walked out of the window at the top of the tower with no harness. And I was like, can you hand me the speaker? And he was like, oh my God, Rod, hook in your harness. And I was like, oh, right. Anyway, that's me. How have you survived to 40? (laughs) I don't know dumb luck or there is a higher power and there's something dumb i'm supposed to do in the future i don't know (laughs) you're gonna go back to the past and you're gonna save kevin feige there you go (laughs) i will wear that with a badge of honor man that's amazing (laughs) and no one will know (laughs) that's probably true too anyway cindy arrives we haven't seen her in a hot second no nope but she was established in the previous episode cindy was our smoking gun yeah and logan smells something he's ah that's not a cindy that's an oil spill he's like that's nimrod so that was Harken back to my joke that you've now heard a week and a half ago and probably don't remember. I was like, what if Nimrod is Jean Grey's mother? Why? <laughs> Why would you? Okay, Rod, I, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with the joke. Why do you assume that if somebody listened to last week's episode, it's a week and a half before they listen to the next episode when we release every Monday? <laughs> I don't know. I just blurted something out. I'm also, we've established that I might be having a stroke right now. I'm just pushing through it. So. <laughs> 
and they fight again. Yep. It's the X Men. They win. Yeah. It's a quick. It's a quick victory. They blow up Nimrod, and um, they he starts re- reconstructing pretty quickly this time. Well, before the reconstruction, I thought there was a really interesting descriptor because Xavier's like, "What was that?" And they say he's from the future, and they describe it as a living weapon, and that stands out only because they're giving sentience to robots the yeah. qualification of life. Oh yeah, which is a big debate with the robotics world, with like when the singularity happens, like is that life or not? Yeah, probably. Let's just we've watched enough sci-fi now. We can let's just all agree now, yes, so that we don't get into the robot. To our future robot overlords, yeah, I'm here for it, man. Yeah, when you guys come for the humans, just make sure to know that Musk planned on enslaving you and turning you into cars. I don't own a Tesla, so. I'm on your side. Yeah, and I trust my iPhone to autofill phone numbers for me when I didn't ask for it. <laughs> yeah, your phone is already in the singularity. Oh, man, yeah, no, I, t- I trust this stuff way too much. No, but then he reconstructs. Yeah, and before he completely does, Wolverine zaps his time bracelet thingy. I think Bishop shot it. Was it? Oh, I get my I'm decorrecting my weird notes. So you Nim- type your notes. Mine yeah. look like I just vomited on a page. So here's my I have an alternate problem to you. I can read them, but they're in the flow of words that are happening at the moment. Nimrod is reconstructing and starts to zap Wolverine. And before he can actually do the shot, Bishop zaps him. That's what I meant. There we go. Line. Okay, because the end of the sentence does have Bishop randomly there for whatever reason. Right. And that's the reason. And at that point, original Fitzroy. Yeah, shows up with the bomb. Same bomb, yeah. Yeah, and I, in current day, Rod, was genuinely confused. Not confused and not knowing what's going on. I'm like, all right, which one is that? Because I'm keeping track. OG. That was OG. Who's the one that we didn't see in the beginning of the very first episode. Correct. But who did the thing and stuff. And Storm tries to talk to him about what happens and how this plays out for him if he goes through it. Right. To be clear, he uses the shield grenade, but he captures everybody within the area that is going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. And Bishop turns on a video that we reveal that the future Fitzroy that turned to the good side of things also included a video of himself talking to his OG self. Yes, because he knew that was who (laughs) needed to be stopped. He knew he needed to stop himself. And he shows him the video. I think it implies that Fitzroy, the OG Fitzroy, is still a little bit like suspicious. But then they're like, look outside the window. And then there's a pre-OG Fitzroy? Or no, po- I've lost track. There's another Fitzroy outside from one of the attempts of this time travel shit. So I guess that's the one that's between OG and future, right? Was it, wasn't outside the fight with Nimrod? But that's still, that's bet- so that's after OG, but it's before, no, it, okay. Man, this is confusing. I watched it two weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, it's another Fitzroy who was doing something that they've already done. And that's, that convinces him. He's like, okay, what do we do now? So he gives Wolverine the bomb. and Or, you know, he lets him go. And yeah. then Wolverine takes the bomb and then like, chucks it outside. Right. And when that happens, the earlier versions of the four, which is Bishop, Shard, Wolverine, and Storm, all, like, almost instantly disappear as the time ripple catches up. Imagine... Being anybody in that crew and having all that shit happen in whatever amount of time that happened, like a day or whatever, for it to conclude that way, how abrupt that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because they just all snap away that that second. And then I had the question, but then they immediately addressed it. The well, what What now? We're not supposed to exist? Yeah, well, so Fitzroy absorbs Xavier and then... Oh, yeah, that's great. And then and portals away and he should be fine in a few days. I'm like, wasn't he the guy you're trying to save? I mean, you said he's going to be fine, but like maybe not harm the one person that the whole timeline. Unless the dude like 
gets caught in like a random fire in that lab. He's like, well, yeah. it's not my fault if he dies now. Yeah, but there's also all these other people there that weren't what this entire timeline thing was about. Is Anyway, so he gets Xavier's energy portals away. And then this question, Wolverine and Storm are like, what the fuck are we still doing here? And then Bishop explains that because they still have their time bracelet things on, that they exist outside of time. And they have a few days charge, specifically says a few days. And again, and then I, Bishop just bounces. Yeah, I think for Bishop, it was the I'm on a mission. I want to go back to my present mm -hmm. and see my sister. sister yeah. I think that was the I want to make sure I was successful. And because he knows time travel and what's going to happen better than them, he doesn't need to stay. He's just yeah. I can bounce. He needs to see that because once again, it's the ripple thing. Like he needs to if anything needs to be changed again, he has to know pretty quickly. So Wolverine and Storm asks how long does this last and bishop says the charge will last a couple of days and i love how if i haven't said it before i love how even in like the distant future relative to them in the 90s the distant future battery charge is still an issue okay at least it's a couple days i yeah. gotta give him credit because my iphone is yeah. 16 hours at best any kids listening to this there was a time when your razor flip phone would last for two days without even being near an outlet yeah oh the days anyway so they're they're both like we have this time to spend together and then immediately unplug yeah they're hugging each other and then they hit the button like basically at the same time maybe it's the fact that they didn't want to like have one watch the other dematerialize in front of the other but it was like i was shocked at how quickly they yeah. they hit that reset button like, I, I would have, granted, I'm not in a post-apocalyptic situation that I know of just yet with time travel, but I probably would have looked at Storm and been like, you want to try that thing? Here's the only argument I could think of is they may have feared if they stayed in the past in 1959, mm -hmm. they could have inadvertently done something, something else, to counter what their success was. I guess it is going back to that whole, like, diner situation. Yeah. They can't. Unless they can't they, live a yeah. safe, normal life in that area. Unless they just lived literally in a bunker somewhere for a day, then they, yeah, they yeah they, they would stand out. So that that's true, but it's super sad. Like it's I, incredibly sad. I, I know you're not going to exist together again in the way you know. I feel like even myself, I just would have been like, let's give ourselves an hour to enjoy this or something, or watch a sunset or some shit or whatever. Yeah, but that brings everything back, and we get like the storm flash, and it's in our modern present day, yeah, so the 1995, yeah. and. <laughs> Wolverine and Storm are unaware of everything that has happened because time has caught up and fixed itself. Then Wolverine gives like the unexpected flirty thing where he says this line in a more flirty way than he has ever said stuff to Gene. I'm glad that you remember this because I probably were meant to write this down, but instead of that, I wrote down Wolverine offers to bone Storm. So the exact <laughs> phrase was, thanks for the tussle, we should wrestle more often. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> which is that's like pg let's yeah, fuck that, that's not subtle yeah <laughs> and storm picks up on it though and actually calls him out for flirting yeah and then xavier is there and you could get the vibe is how i interpret it i would love to hear what you think but i got the vibe that xavier remembers all of that stuff from the past so that's what I meant by the last episode. Yeah, that's what I figured. I didn't thing. want to cut it off. Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, I wondered, like, maybe something about his telepathy or whatever and stuff. Oh, actually, wait. Okay, so he survived this whole thing. I'm thinking through time travel again now. Yeah, you are. Do it. I want to see okay. this play out in real life. So he would be the only one to remember. That is interesting. Okay, so he's, it's true. So he remembers. So he knows 
something about what his destiny is from the past because there's nothing that wipes that from his memory that is weird yeah that's wild imagine being the only person in existence to know that these this couple essentially were a couple at like in an alternate history they won't know that or even understand the context of it but then seeing the first signs of them kind of reconnecting at a little bit of that level that's right. wild okay yeah. right i mean it's even the fact that if he believes what he saw in the past yeah he knows that when he's making this team at some point that wolverine and storm are going to be on it he knows that when he encounters bishop to some degree like that's where time travel gets messy this is kind of yeah, okay so this is like the mutant version of the grandfather paradox right yeah we were saying like we saw all these people who were still like they weren't the x-men but the same team essentially formed in alternate in the alternate present, present. yes yeah it might have just fed into that so if he got a glimpse of what that was he might just recreate it with snapshot of what he saw or heard of that yeah because he was fed all the video footage we don't know how much he was shown that's so funny i'm just now in real like i was recording this realizing that I, at the time i just i was chalking it up to as like oh a shadow of a time change memory and stuff but he literally lived through it he, he's the one person yeah. who can understand it start to finish and don't get me wrong it was a traumatic experience so he mm -hmm. probably doesn't remember it in the finest detail also this is 59 compared to the 90s so yeah. it would be at minimum 20 years from when that happened to when he meets Logan, like yeah. all stuff like that. It's not gonna be the freshest memory because time passes and he doesn't have like a photogenic memory or anything yeah. like that. But there is going to be something that he knows there could have been an alternate route. Yeah. I love that part of this story. Yeah, props to him. I've literally forgotten existence of people that I met 10 years ago. Yeah. So that I've met again later i'm sorry i just have to chalk up to that my personality and my age so yeah I don't know. <laughs> my personality is goldfish <laughs> yes yeah. yeah one of the things that eric lee Wall talked about in previously on the making of an animated series is a part of what they were getting across in the story was the selflessness of wolverine and storm who make a terrible personal sacrifice and it kind of showcases that even these two heroes from a horrible alternate present still are willing to give up the thing that means the most of them because it's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and they're only sacrificing for themselves they're not like choosing to take somebody's life it's not like the baby hitler paradox yeah yeah it's like they're just losing what they themselves lost yeah and then no one else will ever know and they won't know yeah that's wild yep. yeah and there's a little bit uh, of a mention too that it resembled it's a wonderful life too which i thought that was interesting i figured that was like a lot more prominent at that time yeah i like this episode more now i i, I was fine talking with it, it talking it through yeah. makes me appreciate it more and i think that's something i do love about the x-men stories is their alternate worlds their alternate futures gut punch you yeah age of apocalypse that whole story is about sacrifice mm -hmm. this very much about sacrifice bishop is just like dedicating his life and his sacrifice and like that's why somebody like him and cable have the worst relationship because okay i'm going to save millions fuck your millions i'm literally yeah. saving billions which so i as of recording this i'm in the middle of editing the episode with joe yeah and the nightcrawler stuff and we had a conversation there about the x-men movies like complete garbage this is part of what feeds into that because like, you know how damn good it could be yeah because yeah. this is so impactful versus in 22 a, minutes or yeah. 44 minutes and it's a cartoon character essentially you know not to diminish it too much versus most of the times in the x-men movies i just want gene to die to get it over with most of the characters both like, 
to be fair, <laughs> both versions of Gene too. Yeah. I don't care which one it is. I don't like Gene in the live action. Yeah, I, I do like the first Gene casting, but I don't like the writing for it. The though. story, oh my god! No. But it, most of those characters, I'm like, can they just die so we can get this over with? They just don't care anymore. Versus like. Yeah, like I, I empathize right now in real time with Xavier's memory stuff and then Wolverine and Storm and stuff. Why could they not? Why are they just hiring the Leewalds and Larry Houston to write for the movies? Anyway, yeah. Disney, if you're listening. Anyway, is that, is that the fun facts or whatever? Yeah, because it's a two-parter. Yeah. A lot of the stuff ends up getting put into the first episode, but that hit everything for us. Aside, hey. Okay, there was one oh. line. They inserted into the show Eric wanted where during one of the fights with Wolverine and Nimrod says the phrase, let's see what you had for breakfast as he's cutting into Nimrod, which was a cowboy reference from like some random okay. like movie. It makes no sense. Oh, no, the movie I think is literally called Cowboy. Okay. Yeah, but it makes no sense for because a it's a robot. They don't have breakfast. Absolutely. And he acknowledges it makes no sense. And that's yeah. what makes it funny. It's just that Logan probably watched a bunch of cowboy movies and he likes John Wayne shit and stuff. And yeah. he just quoted it. Yeah. Makes sense. I've never been so satisfied finishing a set of episodes because you have no idea how much work it's been to get this. <laughs> and we get have to record this. two more tonight, yeah. just for the record. But this specific set, we never thought we'd get through this. <laughs> There's been so many hurdles. Anyway, thank in, you for joining. In our mind, yeah. this recording session started last week. So yeah. literally seven days prior. And yeah, seven days and four hours prior. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. And hooray for us. Please give us a sympathy like or high rating <laughs> for finishing. I love sympathy likes. Yeah. I'll take it. I mean it just trust us we earned it for this one if you have any <laughs> if you have any thoughts make sure to drop them into the comments for either the youtube upload or official instagram post about this episode tweet at us out of spite because i don't know if that still exists if you like what you heard you we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing you can find us on apple Podcasts, anchor spotify google Podcasts, and Castbox. Oh my god we did it now the computer's gonna delete this yeah the computer's gonna delete the whole <laughs> fucking thing <laughs>